Excuse me, what up, brawlers? Welcome back to Throne Hands. I think that's the first episode that I've ever started without saying what up, brawlers, or brawlers, what is up. But anyway, it's me, it's Toby. So we're going to go over a couple fights in last week's London card because we didn't get the chance to preview that because of time constraints, sadly, on my end. But then we'll get into 291. But Toby, how you doing, man? I'm doing very well. Doing very well. How about you? I can't complain. So let's get into this London card real quick, mate. Um, but anyway, so we're here. Uh, I'm going to give this card a D plus or like a C minus because this card overall top to bottom was not good at all. Yeah, I think a, probably a C. When I watched it back, it was all right. You know, a lot of decisions, definitely not many finishes. Um, some fights that weren't super high level, but there were a couple of fights that stood out to me as pretty good. Yeah, I'd say like a solid C. A you know? solid C. That's a good way to put it. Um. Just going through the top from bottom to top, um, nothing crazy. Um, somehow Mahmoud Muradov didn't get Brian Barbarina out of there. With that, that crazy. that's crazy for me at least. Yeah, I do think uh, you know Chris Duncan. I thought he looked pretty good. Um, he did. I know he's been training with Gaethje. They mentioned that on the broadcast, and his cardio held up really well. I thought he was gonna get pretty tired in that fight, but. His cardio held up well. He seems pretty well-rounded, man. He's uh seems like a decent prospect. Yeah, we got some uh yeah, we got some good prospects here. Uh Shauna Bannon did not uh pan out, but you know, she's she's young. So don't don't yeah. fret all you McGregor lovers out there. <laughs> yeah, she was she was employing the Michelle Waterson tactics of throwing kicks from like 10 feet away from your opponent. Yeah. And, you know, not really using your feints properly to close a distance, more just fainting to faint. Mm-hmm. But she, you know, she's not bad. I mean, I think um, she has some room for improvement, but I think she'll have a future in the UFC. Joel Alvarez uh, continued his 100% finish rate. I mean, beautiful. I think it was a Darce, but that was a beautiful choke. He caught DeCasey on the takedown, I'm pretty sure. But, man, yeah. that was a great. Great. Yeah, he's got part. kept up the 100% finish rate. I was going to say he also kept up his 0% takedown rate, but it looks like uh, he did stuff one takedown. So good for Joel Alvarez, because if anybody didn't know that, he had a 0% uh, takedown defense rate coming into this fight. He oh, had yeah, never, de- right. <laughs> never defended one takedown in his career. I bet you he's just that he's so comfortable off his back. And he's just like, you know, I'll, if you want to come into my world, I think that's that might be his MO. I want to oh, be yeah, surprised. For sure. Yeah. Um, Johnny Parsons, he, he he brought the heat to Danny Roberts, man. That was brutal. Yeah, that was a banger. I gotta say, I don't agree that this was the fight of the night. I, I thought that was most definitely Andre Feely versus Nathaniel Wood. That yes. was clearly, clearly the fight of the night. But I mean, this was obviously a banger. Um, Johnny Parsons, he's got solid defense, man. His striking defense is really technical, very skilled. Um, he's got good pressure, uh, good cardio. I thought Daniel Roberts looked all right too, but 
Yeah, man, Johnny Parsons really uh, put a beating on him, especially near the end of this fight. So I saw some people saying like, oh, just let it go to the end of the round. There was only a few seconds left. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> he was getting beat up pretty bad. He was definitely it's, super it's the ref's job to step in. Yeah, ex exactly. He's not looking at the clock like, oh, I wonder how much time there. You know, he's looking. This guy is hurt. His eyes are rolling back in his head. I got to stop this fight. So I think it's a justified stoppage. Speaking of refs, uh, that Mark Goddard video I sent you. Yeah. Like the, oh, oh no, it's not. I, look at the replay. Mark was like, I don't have to look at the replay. I was right here. Yeah, nobody should have to look at the replay for that one. That was clear. A couple of back of the head shots. Very obvious. And good on Mark Goddard for being stern about that. Or is Colby Covington causing Mark not so Goddard? Yeah, I mean, he, um, was he in the Usman fight, the first one? Yes, he, uh, that's what. It, that's why he yeah. wasn't pleased about it. Yeah, those were a couple of back of the head shots, I will say. But Colby was hurt pretty bad. I mean, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to see that fight playing out much differently, like that final sequence, I should say. That's true. All righty, uh, last one on the prelims that we'll go over. Well, this is this would be it anyway. Uh, this was kind of a robbery. I thought. I thought. Davy Grant landed a lot more than Daniel Marcus. I mean, he landed 20 more shots. If you look at the latter rounds, it was a pretty clear disparity. But yeah, yeah. Dave Grant might have gotten robbed there a little bit. Yeah, I thought it was quite clear, you know, even without the stats. I saw them flash him up and I'll, it just confirmed what I had been watching. I, I thought Davy Grant won pretty clearly two to one, maybe even, maybe not three, but definitely two to one. Um, and I saw when they were announcing the decision and it was a split and one of them said for Davy Grant, Daniel Marcos and his team were like, what? it's like, dude, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, what are you, are you watching? I mean, that was clearly, I thought a Davy Grant win, but not overly impressed by either guys, uh, in this performance. I agree. I agree. Um, the, the, the Lerome, I thought the cool about Murphy fight was going to be a lot better than it was. Um, Jai Herbert versus Siam, not great. But let's get the Paul Krieg. Paul Krieg. Um, the dude looked great. He looked drawn out, I thought. I thought he looked super drawn out when he walked into the cage. I was like, oh, man, this guy might get slaughtered. But Paul Craig took it to Andre Muniz, man, and he looked phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah, he didn't look the greatest uh, physically coming into that fight. You know, it's a big cut probably for him. But, man, you know, his striking – not too bad, I gotta say, and that's that's a lot for Paul Craig. This striking is usually abysmal, so for me to say <laughs> it's mediocre, I think is very good for Paul Craig. His striking was decent, and then I like that he really pursued that ground and pound TKO as opposed to just trying to get a submission. You know, like I don't know, doing some stupid stuff and rolling to his back a lot. But when he saw that he had him hurt, he just pounced on him for the finish. And I, yeah, I thought this was a really solid performance by Paul Craig. I think he can make his make some headway in this division due to the lack of grapplers. It looked he looked phenomenal. Yeah, it was a good fight for him. I think uh, he deserves you know top ten, you know eleven, like ten, eleven guy next. He wants Bo Nickel, so well, <laughs> that's a tough fight. But hey, you know what? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind anything. I wouldn't mind that either, honestly. All right. Um... Yeah, this was fight of the night. Absolutely. Nathaniel Wood versus Andre yeah. Feely. Yeah, like, come on. This was great. You could argue Feely won a couple of these rounds uh, based on his groundwork, but I thought Nathaniel Wood came out on top. Nathaniel Wood's – it's so interesting. He's so small, but he had the, he had a rough time cutting down to 35. But 
Um, you know, he he pulled it off uh, coming up to 45, and he looks really good here. Yeah, I think he's had a really solid run at 45 so far. He beat a couple of really tough guys, very skilled fighters who are right around, you know, top 15, top 20 range, Feely, Charles Jordan. He's looking great right now, um, Nathaniel Wood is. I thought he won the fight as well. It was close, but I think Feely just didn't quite do enough in that third round to pull out the victory. But, man, I mean, you know, for him to drop Wood, kind of like a flash knockdown right in the first, you know, 30 seconds of the fight, and then Wood hurt him really bad. Then in the second, man, I thought Wood was out of there, dude. Like when he got clipped with that left hook and feeling, I thought he was too. He was just landing some huge knees. I mean, he grabbed that collar tie and just bang, bang, knee after knee. I thought Wood was done. And for him to not only come back, but reverse the position and take Feely's back with like 30 seconds later was incredible. I mean, this fight was easily the fight of the night. There were so many momentum switches. It was incredible. Super high level, too. Both these guys are very high-level fighters. I think Andre Feely is honestly one of the most high-level fighters to not be a top 15, top 10 guy. He's he's so talented in every area of the game. He just never has been able to quite put it together and make a run in the UFC. But Perfectly put. His strength of schedule is phenomenal. I mean, you look yeah, at the guy. Really. Uh, my, Molly McCann lost to a can. Um Yeah. 10 now 11 and 8 Julia Stolyarenko. Yeah. Dude, she looked I this wish Paul Craig was the co-main, bro. <laughs> yeah, I wish uh you know Wood or Feely or Craig or I mean any of those guys could have been co-main over at Molly McCann. And I know that they're trying to push her. It was very clear. Like when you give a fighter someone who is uh one in five in the UFC to face off against, you're pretty clearly trying to push them. Uh you know, have a little rebound fight after a couple of losses. And yeah, I mean, she just looked terrible. You know, honestly, I will give props to Celia Ranko. I thought she actually looked all right. You know, her striking she looked was pretty good. Her striking was decent. I was kind of ragging on her at first, but then I watched it back and I was like, you know, she's using the little push kick, like that front kick to the body looked pretty good. Um, she was landing a nice jab. You know, her distance strikes looked pretty good. And then she got her on the ground and she did what she does best, which is the arm bar. So, Thought she looked decent, but yeah, Molly McCann, not the greatest. Molly McCann's looking to go down to straw weight. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's a division <laughs> full of shredders, man. Yeah, I think she'd be better to stay at uh, flyweight. <laughs> I agree. But what are we going to do with this dude, man? Tom Aspinall. He Once he found that range, it was over with. Over yeah. with. I mean, Taboro didn't look like he was supposed to be there. No, and honestly, he probably shouldn't have been there. Um, Tabora, you know, they keep saying like, oh, well, he was he had won seven out of his last eight coming into this fight. It's like, yeah, but, you know, you're facing guys like Blagoy Ivanov and Alexander Romanov. And yeah, like Romanov could be good, but we've seen him and how he looks in his past couple fights. So it's an effort thing. Yeah, you know, it's like, I'm not sure that Tabora really did deserve to be in the spot. I think it was the same thing, like with Molly McCann. They were kind of giving a layup to Tom Aspinall just to get him back in. You know, he had a horrible knee injury, um, tore a bunch of ligaments and muscles in his knees. So I don't mind that at all. And he did what he was supposed to do. He came in there and he finished the job in like a minute. So there's nothing really you can say. I mean, this guy's legit. We've known he's, I mean, I, I've known that he's been legit for a long time. And if there's anybody who can credibly threaten John Jones for the heavyweight belt, I think it would be Tom Aspinall. And that's not me saying, you know, everybody says like, well, everybody says that about 
you know, the newest contender. I'm not saying he beats John Jones. I'm just saying if anybody would have the best chance, I do believe it would be Tom Aspinall just because he's much more well-rounded than a guy like Sergey Pavlovich or a guy like um, Jalton Almeida. I think he's got, you know, the full package, but yeah. I think it'd be a great fight. I want to see it. Yeah. But the problem with Aspinall is that he sticks his chin out there. So it's like, he does. I, I could see John Jones capitalizing, especially with the reach, but man, I want to see that fight, but the John Jones is going to retire after Steve Bay, I think so. Most likely. And John Jones yeah. has nothing else to prove guys. I hate, I hate people online. are like, Oh, John Jones is ducking. What else does he have to prove? Nothing. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. If anybody thinks that John Jones would duck any human being alive, then you are delusional, <laughs> you know, but yeah, Aspinall does keep his chin out there. That is probably his biggest issue. He's so aggressive with his finishing uh, that he does stick his chin out there. And after the fight was over, um, they they said they were like, well, we've just confirmed that uh, Tabora did not land any significant strikes in this fight. I was like, what are you talking about? He clipped him twice. Like there was one shot, a really good counter shot that Tabora landed actually that like turned Aspinall's head and made him uh, stop in his tracks. I'm like, if that's not a significant strike, I'm not really yeah. sure. Aspinall yeah, landed four significant strikes. Yeah. And that's if, not this. Go ahead. If you look at, I'm just like, keep going. I'm looking at Aspinall's record. I was just going to say like, and then that's not to say that Aspinall didn't dominate this fight. He did dominate this fight. I just think it was, it was weird. I'm like, how did you, how did the commentary team get those numbers? Like, oh, Tabora didn't land any strikes. I mean, he definitely did land some big strikes, like two of them. But regardless, Aspinall, destroyed him so only yeah. one of aspinall's fights in the ufc has made it out of the second round i made it uh, out of the first round rather that was andre arlovsky andre arlovsky baby one of the toughest men in the ufc still to this day yeah yeah so if you look at strikers like it i think i think surreal gone would present him with a lot of challenges yeah on the feet yep. On the ground, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if Aspinall wants to swang and bang with Cyril Gunn, I'd, I'd, second, I'd question that. Uh, but shout out Tom Aspinall, man. Love the guy. Yeah, um, no, I, think, I think that's the fight to make, though. Yeah, a winner of Spivak and um, yeah. Gunn. And that's the plan he wants. I want, I'm going to Paris. And I'm going. I want to. I want to fight the winner of that, and then I'll fight John Jones. I'm yeah. like, all right, man. That's a good plan. I love the plan. John Jones is going to retire though, so I'm sorry, but you'll get to fight for the vacant belt against Pavlovich. No, yeah. I mean, it's perfect, man. I hope that. Uh, I hope Cyril Gon does win. I hope he faces Gon. I mean, he already beat uh, Sergey Spivak. So, and I know Spivak has been on a good run since then, and he's picked up a couple of good wins. But I mean, I, I would much rather see him face Cyril Gon. It's a tough fight for Gon that Spivak. That, that's a tough matchup for him, it especially is. on the ground. That's a it tough really, one, man. Absolutely, it is. Uh, and we'll get to that in early September, guys. Just wait. But dude, look at the ears on Poirier Gagey, man. That is, that's nuts. I never realized that their cauliflower was that bad. Good lord. Yeah, Gagey, man. That is horrible. <laughs> Shout out to those guys, man, for giving us all the content we. We, we, we provide here on throne hands um we're just gonna take a uh semos versus udos medich on the early prelims that's a great fight um that that has banger written all over it, especially with semos he's great um Kashweda versus uh 
random maverick, something else notable on the early prelims on UFC Fight Pass. Um, Jake, Ma- I-, I love Jake Matthews, man. I love Jake Matthews. Always brings the heat. Darius Flowers coming off the contender series. He's supposed to fight Miguel Baeza, which would be amazing, which would have been amazing, but hopefully in the future. You love Roman Kopalov, don't you, Toby? Yeah, I think Kopalov is a fantastic fighter, man. He's awesome. And he had a bit of a shaky start to his UFC career, but his last two finishes over um, uh, Puna and uh, DeKirico, man, they have been super impressive. Not that those are like top 15 guys or anything, but just the way that he's doing it, the combination that he's been putting together, the improved cardio, I think Kopalov is legit. And this is a tough fight, man. Claudio Ribeiro is very powerful, big guy. This is going to be a banger for sure, but I think Kopalov is a legit uh, prospect now. He absolutely is. Um, and yeah, Jake Matthews, shout out Jake Matthews. Love that guy. I thought his uh, finish over Fialio, that was one of the most impressive performances. Yeah, one of the most brutal knockouts you ever see. And just a super impressive performance. And then actually his next fight got dominated by Matthew Simmelsberger. But still, I think Jake Matthews is very talented as well. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, the Black Beast versus uh, Hajer de Lima. Derek Lewis says he still got it, and I, I hope to God he still does because I love me some Derek Lewis. I love me some my boss was hot Derek Lewis, man. Uh, but uh, he he's going up against a tough challenger, man, and Hajari DeLima. And I'm not if it if it goes to the ground, like it's it's over. Yeah, no. If it gets to the ground, definitely no shot for Derek Lewis. He's most likely going to get finished. Um, not that Rogero DeLima has like insane jujitsu or anything but you know it's it's good enough and uh Derek lewis definitely does not have good grappling i mean he does have the ability to just stand up typically you know he just gets up from bottom position which is pretty impressive but he is a bit older in his career he's been through a lot of injuries i'm not sure if he's still quite as capable as he once was and even on the feet i mean he obviously he's always got that power and he can put anybody's lights out at any second we saw in the curtis blades fight you know incredible power but rogero de lima is a big powerful guy and he's got a good chin he can take a shot so this would be an interesting fight it's a tough test for Derek lewis though and the odds reflect that you know yeah i, I think Derek lewis gets it done by knockout oh but this is an elevation oh yeah oh no, no, i forgot rogero de lima by whatever he wants man i'm sorry yeah up at like 4700 feet i'm not sure Derek lewis is gonna last more than like Two and a half minutes, you know. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. We'll see. <laughs> uh, G- Gabriel Bonfim versus uh Trevin Giles. Um, Bonfim is great. His his brother's really great too. Um, but this is a tough one for Bonfim. I think Trevin Giles. I mean, for a second fight in the UFC, that's a tough matchup. Yeah, this is a this is a big matchup for him. It's a big step up in competition. I would say Trevin Giles. You know, had a bit of an up and down uh, UFC career, but he's got a win over Delice, got a win over James Krause. I mean, this guy, he's fought Duplessis, fought Michael Morales, although he did get knocked out in both those fights. But he's fought some of the best guys in the division already. <laughs> and he's, he's beat some good fighters and he's a, you know, pretty well-rounded guy. He's a good striker. This is a tough fight, but yeah, Bonfim, man. you know, I think him and his brother have a bright, bright future in the UFC. I know that uh, his brother did lose his last fight, I believe. Um, but I still think they're both uh, pretty talented. And Bonfim, 
he's got two submissions, I think, in the UFC, but both of them were really set up with his hands. You know, he hurt the guy and then pounced on the submission. So mm-hmm. I think, man, this is a this is a tough one. It's a tough one to say, but it's gonna be it a fun a fight. Tough one. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Um, to the main card, Kiesa coming back after almost two years, coming off a loss against Sean Brady. I looked at Kiesa's record. He's only lost to killers. Oh like, yeah. He like uh let me look real quick. It's Kevin Lee, Vicente Luque, Sean Brady. Um who else did he lose to? And Anthony Pettis pretty much in the UFC. Like and Joe Lozon. So he's all he's only lost and Jorge I I didn't know he lost to Masvidal by submission. Jeez. But yeah, he's only lost to the best of the best, pretty much. Uh, and Kevin Holland, you know, he brings it every time. Um, this is a tough test for Kiesa, man. Um, and for Kevin Holland, too. Don't get me wrong. But I think I think Kevin Holland is just going to be too quick on the feet for Kiesa. But it, when it hits the ground, it'll be interesting because Kevin Holland's really good on, on the ground as well. Yeah, um, this is a super interesting matchup. Kiesa, like you mentioned, has fought nothing but killers in his UFC career. I mean, his strength of schedule is pretty ridiculous. Um, and yeah, he's had his ups and downs. He's had his moments. But he's a very solid, good fighter. Um, I definitely agree. He's going to face a lot of problems on the feet against Kevin Holland. Holland's going to be much quicker, much more dynamic, much more diverse in his striking as well. And just a much longer guy as well. Even though the height difference isn't uh, huge, the reach. You know, Kevin Holland's got a much longer reach than Michael Chiesa. And at welterweight, I mean... You know, he beat uh, Cowboy Oliveira, beat Tim Means, finished them both, looked really good. The Shamaya fight, you know, he was like 10 pounds lighter than Hamzat and took it on like a day's notice. I don't really count that. The Stephen Thompson fight, obviously, we all know how good Stephen Thompson is. And then he bounced back right after that against Ponzi. So I think Kevin Holland's looked great at welterweight so far. I think this is his division where he's going to shine. And yeah, like you mentioned, too. He trains, he's been training with Travis Luter for years at this point, has phenomenal BJJ. He just doesn't really show it off that much. So if Kiesa thinks he can just take him down and control him and it'll be easy, you know, he's going to be in some trouble down there. Not trouble, but he's going to face a lot more problems um, than some people might imagine if he takes Kevin Holland down. Yeah, because Kevin, I think Kevin Holland, when it comes to the ground game, like he's going to be able to block Kiesa's transitions a lot. And he's not gonna let Kiesa work. That's the thing, because Kiesa likes to put you down and get to work. And it's not like, and Kevin Holland's just not gonna let that happen. So, interesting fight. I think Kevin Holland take this by knockout. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. Um, either by knockout or even maybe by submission. I think he could pull off a, you know, a guillotine, standing guillotine, or, you know, some type of long, like a darsh, some type of choke like that, maybe. Ooh, a little late here, guys. Uh, but. Uh, uh, team, t- t- Tony, Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green. I mean, Tony Ferguson claims he's in his prime now. And he said that for the past few uh, pressers, five fights and a title. That's what he said this week. I'm not so sure, sadly. However, um, he is going up against Bobby Green. Um, uh, this is probably the easiest Bobby Green is not easy but when it comes like strength of a fight this might be the easiest he's had in a hot 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 minute so we'll see what happens uh but Bobby Green's not a piece of cake by any means 
Yeah, uh, that, man, it's it's always hard to see Tony after all these losses come back in and you want to believe him, right? When he says I'm in the best shape of my life, I feel better than ever. I feel rejuvenated. You want to believe what he's saying, but it's just hard to, I mean, after seeing his chin flying through orbit after Michael Chandler kicked him in the head or after seeing Nate Diaz choke him unconscious and him looking totally out of shape and gassing out in that fight, pretty much. It's just hard to say, you know, um, he has looked good. Like um, I've been watching those embedded videos and, you know, he looks like he's in good shape, but you can be in great physical condition. And the one thing that won't come back is your chin. Once you've lost that, it's really hard to recover from that. And, yep. you know, if people look at his record, like, yes, he won 12 fights in a row. And that is incredibly impressive. One of the greatest streaks, maybe the greatest streak we've seen in the UFC. Right. But in many of those fights, he was dropped and hurt very badly by big punchers. He was dropped by Anthony Pettis. He was dropped by Lando Venata. I mean, he was hurt in almost all those fights at one point or another. That's in Barboza fight, for example. So he's taken so much damage in his career. And I think the Chandler fight, the DS fight, we saw it accumulating, you know, and even in the Darius show, the Oliveira fight, where those horrible submissions that he was trapped in, like the arm bar or the leg lock, I mean, that's going to take that's going to do damage to your body. I just don't know if he has what he once did. I don't know if he's going to be as willing as he once was to just pressure forward, despite Bobby Green being a fantastic counterpuncher and just throwing elbows and kicks and knees with reckless abandon. I just don't think he's going to be able to do that. And Bobby Green is a very legit fighter. He's talented. His record is not you know, the greatest thing you'll ever see, but he's fought the highest level competition for years. And he is a really, really talented fighter. So I got to lean Bobby Green in this one. It's, it's, you know, everyone always says like my heart says Tony, but my mind says Bobby Green. So I'm going Bobby Green in this one. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I, I love Bobby too. Green too. You know, I love Bobby Shout Green. Out Bobby Green. Shout out Bobby Green. Uh, I, I feel the same way. It's like, I want Tony Ferguson to get us to get a sub. I want him to get a, a finish. But I think Bobby Green is just going to take this by decision. But if Tony gets to the ground, I'll be interested to see what happens. Um, yeah, because I think if Tony gets to the ground, he can get to work. Uh, it's 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 that's an interesting prospect there. Yeah, I mean, I hope he gets it to the ground because you know at the after the Fazeev fight, I was like, okay, Bobby Green is a legit legit striker. Like that's, I mean, I knew he was really good, but after the physique fight, I was like, man, this guy can hang with the best of them on the feet. So I think Tony needs to get this fight to the ground. Completely agree with that. All righty. Wonder Boy versus Michelle Pereira. Um, I Here's my idea how this one goes. Michelle Pereira, fun as hell to watch. Always brings it, always says the crazy stuff. Steven Thompson is just too precise to just not knock him out with some crazy – if Michelle Pereira throws some uh, 720 spinning back fist or whatnot. But that's how I see it going, honestly. I think Steven Thompson is going to counter him really well. And I think he's just going to get the knockout because I think Michelle Pereira is going to project – He he's very creative, but he does project a lot sometimes. So that's how I see it going. What do you think? Yeah, I think this fight will end up looking similar to maybe the Vicente Luque fight for Steven Thompson, where, you know, he's kind of picking him apart from the outside. But there are moments in that fight where Luque clipped him pretty bad 
Um, I don't know if he ever dropped him in that fight, but he definitely rocked him here and there. And he was landing some big shots. I could see Michelle Pereira. I mean, of course they have different styles, but you know, I could see him landing a very unorthodox shot on Steven Thompson, maybe hurting him with like a huge knee or a spinning elbow, some type of weird strike that maybe Thompson who fights very clean, uh, maybe he won't see coming. Maybe he just can't get out of the way of, but I think overall he's going to dominate most of the exchanges that they have. I think you're definitely right. I think that, Prayer can be pretty predictable. He definitely makes bad decisions. I mean, that's one thing that has plagued his career. He has made some pretty terrible decisions in fights, and some of them uh, have cost him, like specifically the Diego Sanchez fight. Um, so I think if he makes a severe mistake, that Thompson is too precise, like you said, way too precise to not capitalize on that. And this is a guy who's been in the fight game forever and he does not mess around yet. Yeah. Steven Thompson's a super nice guy. He'll help you back up off the mat, but he does not mess around in that octagon. So I think Steven Thompson gets this done and probably by finish. Yeah. I'm excited for this one. Uh, Jan Blahovich versus Alex Pereira. Um, Jan Blahovich coming off the draw against Magomed Ankalaev and then Alex Pereira three months removed. Well, three and a half uh, removed from being knocked out from by Adesanya. Um, it, it, it's a pretty quick time to come back after something that brutal. And especially against a guy who punches as hard as Jan Blahovich, I'm I'm concerned for Pereira in this fight. And that's really my main concern for Pereira is that is he coming back too early? And another concern is that, you know, Blahovich is obviously superior on the ground probably. Um I don't know. It, it's a really interesting stylistic matchup because if Blahovich can't take him down, no, no one's going to stand and bang with Alex Pereira. Maybe Yuri Prohaska. I could see him standing, swinging and banging with him. But I don't know. This is an interesting fight, and and this will probably be a title eliminator. So we'll find out who faces Yuri for the undisputed belt after this one, probably. Yeah, yeah. This is a very interesting stylistic matchup. I think that Jan. Yeah, I don't think he can go toe-to-toe with Pereira on the feet. I think he'll be able to handle himself a bit. I think he'll be able to land some shots here and there. I think he'll his defense is pretty good. Uh, striking defense is good. So I think he'll be able to avoid some of the bigger shots that Pereira is throwing. But if you get even a little bit too aggressive and you throw a wayward shot, he can counter you in a, a split second and put your lights out. Even at light heavyweight, even though Blahovich is a big guy and he's got a great chin, Pereira could put his lights out. I mean, we saw Glover. Glover hurt uh, Blahovich pretty badly. I think that's a huge thing, too, that um, Glover took the belt from Jan Blahovich, and he's the main training partner and coach of Alex Pereira. And Glover is a really fantastic mind in, uh, in MMA. So I think Pereira seems like a guy that absorbs that knowledge. I th- I'm sure he's been just drilling, grappling over and over. Because, you know, Pereira it's not like he needs to train his striking. I mean, yeah, I'm sure he does go in the gym and he hits the pads here and there, but we all know how good he is in the feet. And that's something that's ingrained in his DNA basically. So I think I'm sure, and not even, I think I'm sure he's been working on that grappling with Glover. I think it's going to come down to who's worked the hardest in the area that they have the deficiency. Not that Blahovich is a bad striker, but he's at a deficit when it comes to this fight. So I think, I think Prayer might take it, man. I mean, this is such a tough fight to call. It's super, super close. Could go either way. 
but I would ever so slightly lean Pereira. I think he's probably, oh man, I don't know. I don't know. It's a fun one. It's we'll see what one. happens. I think Blahovich uh, subs him in like the second round. It's um, a possibility. And I, I just need to see Blahovich versus Prohaska. I need to see it. I need, a, I need, I need that fight to happen in Eastern Europe. It'll be awesome. That'll be a very fun matchup. Yeah. Legendary Portage Power. Anyone to the rodeo this weekend. Come on. Yeah, I've seen him all over. Um, you know, going to like yeah, the rodeo, you know, wearing the cowboy hat, the cowboy boots. He's really embracing that uh Western lifestyle. So good it's for like, him. I'm I'm now finally a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> also, you can't hate Yavlahovich. Come on, guys. No, super nice guy. All right. I have been looking forward to this for so long. Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. Dustin Poirier winning their last uh, matchup. Oh, man. I, I think here's here's how I see it going. If Justin Gaethje is going to try and out-technical Dustin Poirier, he's going to he's gonna be in for a long night. Um, This is very – I am so intrigued by this. I don't even know where to start with this because it's – it's going to be a bloodbath, I think. It's These guys aren't going to come out the same after this fight. And this is why they're putting the BMF title on the line for this fight because this, they're, they're, they're both BMFs, man. But wait, does Justin Gaethje have like a bad boy motors tattoo under his left? Yeah, he does. <laughs> I just realized that's what it was. Jeez, yeah. um, man. Uh, that's crazy. But uh, this fireworks i I, i'm speechless i can't i I don't know what else to say yeah this is one of those rare fights where the skill and technique is matched by the tenacity and the toughness of these guys i mean there are some fights where it's two very high level fighters and it turns out to be a very technical i wouldn't say boring but just kind of slow paced matchup this is one of those fights where these guys have immense technical skill but they are going to try to kill each other. This is going to be a war. Make no mistake about it. These guys are going to go in there and bang. I mean, you know, if you haven't watched their first fight, anybody out there, it's one of the best fights you'll ever see. And I can guarantee this will be one of the best fights you'll ever see. Um, I think truly this might be the best matchup that you could make in the whole UFC of any weight class of any two fighters. I mean, I couldn't think of any, two guys that are more suited to fight each other. It's a really good time in their careers. You know, both of them, whoever wins this is right in line for another title shot. And this is kind of their last go at it. I mean, I know Gaethje has talked about that. Poirier has mentioned that. And you just look at their records and what they've done in the UFC, what they've accomplished and who they've faced. You know, like you said, the BMF title is on the line. And I'm not a huge fan of like, oh, the BMF, this and that. But if we're talking about who's really the BMF of the UFC, it's not Jorge Masvidal. And I love Nate Diaz, but it's not Nate Diaz either. It's one of these two guys for sure. I mean, you just look at their records between Chandler, Oliveira, the you know, Poirier's fight with Dan Hooker, with Max, with the fights with Eddie, with Pettis, you know, Gaethje. Every, every single fight these guys are in is a fight of the year contender. So, you know, people can like, I know people have said there's no such thing as a guaranteed banger. This is a guaranteed banger. This is a guaranteed fight of the year contender. I don't care. Although it is at elevation, but I think both these guys should be able to handle their cardio fine. But truly Dustin Poirier, 
I'm a huge fan of him. I think he is one of the most skilled fighters in the history of the UFC. This guy has been in the pound for pound rankings for years at this point, and he hasn't even held an undisputed belt. And that should show you how good this guy is. So I, I just can't, man. I mean, I don't even know what else to say about this matchup. It is phenomenal. All right. Prediction time. You you, you said it perfectly. I think Poirier gets him out of there in the third round again. I really do. I, I I know Justin Gaethje's kind of turned himself to control chaos, but that's what Dustin's always been. Yeah, it's, oh man, it's so exciting because both these guys, I think, have made huge improvements since their first fight. Um, I think, you know, Gaethje in that first one looked pretty one-dimensional. He was really just attacking that leg, but he kept leaving himself open to that counter, but he has shored up a lot of those holes in his game. You know, he's not just flailing with big hooks anymore. Um, he finally got one takedown against Fazeev. I mean, I doubt he's actually going to use his takedowns or anything, but he did show that he could do it. And his, uh, yeah, controlled chaos. That's a perfect way to put it. I mean, Poirier obviously has improved by leaps and bounds since their first fight. But yeah, man, I think Poirier gets it done. I think skill for skill. I think if you're going to, you know, if you want to go to heart too, you know, who who has more tenacity, I think Poirier's got it, man. I think he's got it all. He's the He's the tougher guy. He's the faster guy. He's the, well, maybe not. I don't know. They're both pretty fast, but I think he's more skilled and I think he's tougher. Although that's not to take away from Justin Gaethje. He was very skilled, very tough, but I think Poirier gets it done probably by finish. Yeah. I could see a late finish, maybe fourth, maybe fifth round finish. Yeah, man. If Gaethje loses, I think he retires, honestly, because he, he, he made it very apparent that, Hey, I'm not here for, a long time. So I, I can see Gaethje hanging it up after this. Um, poor A, I'm not so sure. But, man. Man. This is awesome. I'm I, I'm beyond amped. <laughs> this, is, this is a treat. This is a treat. Yes, it is a treat. Um, lots of fights have been made today. Um, Matosh... Gamrot versus Rafael Fazeev mid uh, late September, I think the twenty fourth or something like that. Great fight! I'm beyond excited for that. Actually, that'll be people. People. People don't like Gamrot. I guess I get it, but I think Gamrot's really good, and and Fazeev's really good too. So this is that's that's something you can't not watch. Yeah, that's a crazy matchup. I am a bit worried for Gamrot's chin. You know, his he's always getting dropped in this fight for some reason. Um, he does leave his chin a bit exposed and Fazeev, man, he will find that counter and he will, he will crack you hard. Um, but yeah, Gamrat wrestling is always there. He chain wrestles like nobody else. Um, yes, he is relentless, man. So that's a super fun matchup. Yeah. Um, Daniel Rodriguez will take on Santiago Ponzinibbio on September 16th. Bang. That is a, that is a heater. <laughs> that, that, uh, Mexican Independence Day cards is really stacking up well. Yeah, that's uh that's great matchmaking. Both those guys are that's a great fight for both of them. B Rod coming off the loss to Ian Gary, um Ponzinibbio coming off the loss to Kevin Holland. That's you know, it's a great fight. Um Giga Chikaze's back. He's fighting Alex Caceres uh in Singapore. Um I love it. For the sake of um Korean zombie, I hope, you know, he falls a little ill or something 
on that day just so he could save his health and then G- Giga Chikadze steps in. That's that, that's my hope. I because I really don't want to see Korean Zombie get flatlined or like take the worst damage of his career against Max Holloway. First off, why'd Max even request that fight? I just said, Oh, I haven't fought him yet, and he's still the one guy from my era whom I haven't fought. Dude, dude. I know. It's brutal. Maybe he just hasn't been keeping up with Zombie's career, but he does not have it anymore, Max. He's not the same guy. (laughs) The lack of humanity. I know. And everybody talks about how nice of a guy Max is. Well, that's not very nice of you, Max, to go out there and you're going to kill this guy. Come on. Okay. On the same September 23rd card as uh, Gamrat and Fazeev, Bryce Mitchell will fight Dan Ige. That's a fun one. That's a fun one. Um, Bryce Mitchell needs to fight more. Yeah, yeah, he does. I can't stand it. He fights once every other year, it seems like. Bryce, please fight more. For my yeah, side. he's good, man. He's, he's really good. Um, If I remember correctly, he dropped Barboza. It was kind of like a weird jab he that he landed on Barboza, but his striking is actually not bad. I was actually pretty impressed with Bryce Mitchell's striking in the Deporia fight. He just ran into a buzzsaw, man. Deporia is one of the best guys in the division. Yeah. You know, he's proved that. <laughs> yeah, he's proved that, right? And so I think Bryce Mitchell is legit. I think he's top eight probably right now in featherweight. Um, if I had to give him a ranking, although you know he's not, but if I were to rank him, yeah, that's where I would put him. So, oh, and then um, uh, what's gonna say? Never mind. <laughs> totally uh, forgot what I was gonna say. Sadiq Yusuf will fight Edson Barbosa. Speaking of Edson Barbosa, on October fourteenth, banger, 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 nice. banger. I feel like they may have tried to make this matchup before. I'm not sure, but it sounds like a fight that they may have tried to make um, before. But yeah, I I would love to see it. That's a great fight. Oh, I would too. Um, See what else there is. Uh, Chris Osiago's coming back to fight. Um, AJ McKee out of uh, Bellator and Ryzen 2 do like an infection of some sort. I saw the the pictures he posted. They're they're pretty grody. Um, I would not recommend looking them up, guys. Was it like maybe a staph infection or something, or it was there's like a hole in his knee or something like that. It was grody. Probably a, um, yeah, probably staph. Like Mark Hunt had that that one time. Had a huge mm-hmm. hole in his leg. Uh, Jamie Malarkey will fight John Macdessy on uh, at UFC 293 on September 9th. Great fun fight. fight, yeah, fun fight. Lots going on, man. Uh, Nazrat Hackbrass will fight Sam Patterson in Paris. Banger. Yeah, it's a good matchup. Good lord, so much. Oh so yeah, I know. Fights. I was gonna say about Giga. You know, he's been off for a while, but people should not make the mistake of thinking that this guy isn't legit. You know, a super talented fighter. I mean, Giga, yes, Calvin Cater destroyed him in the last fight. He really, really beat him up badly. But he's taking the time off, and I think that you know, if you saw what he did to Edson Barboza, you saw what he did to Cub Swanson. This guy's legit. He's a very good fighter. I think that, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to uh, win 100%, but I, I think I think he still has a place in the featherweight division. Absolutely. Giga Chikaze is great. His kickboxing is phenomenal. Um, oh, yeah. Michael Bisping says, John Jones doesn't hold a candle to Tom Aspinall and that he'd lose in the same way as Marsha Tabora. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> Stop while you're ahead. Man, that Bisping bias for UK fighters is ridiculous, man. Come on. That's just delusion at that point. Like, be real, yeah. Michael. Come on, Bisping. Um, hmm. What else is there? 
that's really it. Nothing crazy. Um, yeah. but yeah, man. Um, lots going on. This fight car is gonna be awesome. Uh, then we have uh Font versus Sandhagen next weekend. Then we have uh Luke versus Dos. Oh, Luke Vicente Luque. He had a brain hemorrhage after that Jeff Neal fight. I don't know why he's even allowed to fight again. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. That's that's crazy. Um uh, he went he went down bad in that fight, man. He he went down really hard. That was a really brutal knockout that he suffered. His, his chin got cracked. It did. Unfortunately, I mean you can only take so many shots like he did for so long, you know. Yeah. Very true. Um, and then, yeah, that's really it. Um, fairly quiet week, but anyway, Toby, uh, you have any, you have anything you want to add? No, I think that was about it. It was, uh, it was great to get back on here though. Um, yeah, for sure. Sorry for taking a little time off guys, but you know, both had things we had to do. So we had to come back. Um, Toby, I think we should do, um, an MMA, um, judges tier list. Let's do it. Let's yeah, do let's it. do it. I already know who's an S tier for me, but we'll, see. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the uh, tier list. But anyway, that'll do it for this episode of Their Hands. You can catch us reviewing this card uh, probably Monday or Tuesday. So we'll see you guys later. Peace out. Peace.